Welcome to worship here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. We are so glad you're here. It's a gorgeous day, isn't it? It's a day to worship, a day to celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus, and we are extending a special welcome to all of you, our family abroad, who are joining us online. We are so glad that you're here, and we can't wait to hopefully at some point in the near future make your acquaintance in person. So welcome to worship, everyone. Just want to make a note, uh, in your pews you'll see these purple pads, these friendship pads. Invite you to grab one and note your attendance with us so we can pray for you. If you're a visitor, we extend a special welcome to you. We are so glad that you are here and hope that you feel right at home and feel like this is a place where you can grow as a Christian and in this family of faith. A few announcements just to get on your hearts and minds today. Um, this past week, we celebrated a pretty special holiday. It was Veterans Day, and it was a day near and dear to my heart because one of my best friends is actually being deployed in January this coming year, so we celebrated as friends. But for all of you who have served in our armed forces or are currently serving, would you please stand so we may recognize you? We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for your service to our country and to our community. Thank you very much for serving. We are still kind of getting back in the swing of things and figuring out what we did before we shut down, which seems like ages ago. We're a big church, and sometimes it's hard to remember everyone's name. So we used to do this thing called wear name tags. And we are bringing it back so that we can come together as a church family and remember each other's names and deepen our relationships. Margaret's got hers on, so we'll all follow your, your good example. And if you lost it, if you don't have one, that's great. Just make a note in the friendship pad, and we will make one for you. Or if it's already passed by, just shoot us an email or call us in the office. We'll make sure to get one for you so we can all connect and come together. We have a special thank you for everyone who made yesterday possible. Yesterday, we brought back our ministry called Room in the Inn, where we are an overnight shelter for those who don't have a place to call home. And so there was a lot of work behind the scenes, and we just want to extend a special welcome to everyone who made Room in the Inn possible yesterday. It was a wonderful event. And lastly, we are super excited. Advent, if you can believe it, new member joining. There it is. Hello. All the power has returned. We are having a new member joining Sunday on December 12th. And you know that for us, this isn't about being uh, in a club or anything like that. Membership is a calling. Membership is a tug of the heart where Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to grow here. I want this to be your church family. So between now and then, if you feel the tug on your heart to join, we would love to have a conversation with you and just welcome you in and help you to find your people and your place here because this is a fantastic church family. So shoot us an email, talk to any of the pastors. You can also note it in the Friendship Pad as well, and we will be in touch with you and be excited for December 12th. With that, I invite you to forget about everything I just said and just be still and know that God is God, and this is a place of rest and rejuvenation in his presence.
Friends, God is good and God invites us now into a time of worship. Please stand and join me in our call to worship. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. Friends, the God whom we worship knows us well. If we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we are quick to confess, to acknowledge our sin, then God is even quicker to forgive. Out of need of God's grace, let us confess our sin together. Jesus, you are such a good and faithful friend, but we confess that we have neglected you by forgetting that we are human beings first and last and not human doers. We have become addicted to achievement, driven by anxiety, motivated by fear of the unknown. Rather than listening and trusting you, we have sought comfort in our own initiative and ideas. Lord, have mercy on us. Sprinkle our hearts clean with confidence in your unfailing love, and let us now 
as we continue in silence. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Friends, the good news of the gospel is that as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. I declare to you that in the name of Jesus Christ and on account of his death on the cross, we are forgiven. Hallelujah. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. I invite our children to come up now for the children's time. And while they're doing so, please greet those around you with the sign of God's peace. Better? Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for coming up for children's message. I want to ask you a question. Have y'all ever seen somebody, maybe your mom or your dad, taking care of someone else? Yeah. Yeah. And have you ever seen someone helping someone else? Yeah. And what about you? Have you ever helped to take care of somebody? Yeah. Have you helped to, um, to be kind to someone? Yeah, you've done that before too? Do you know that when you are helping or when you're seeing someone help someone else, that others are learning from you? Like maybe these little guys are learning how to take care. You are? Okay. So maybe they're learning when they see you helping to take care of someone or see your mom loving someone. So we learn by watching others. And you know what? We're also, we're going to hear in the scripture passage today, we're, we're actually supposed to help others 
to see how to better love and take care of each other. Did you know that? Yeah. So we're supposed to help each other do that. We're supposed to help each other stay still during the children's message. So y'all are doing really good by staying still, and that's how others learn how to stay still. But sometimes we're just wiggly, and it's hard, isn't it? But they're learning because they're watching you. Okay, so I want y'all to have a prayer with me, so y'all pray after me. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for teaching us to take care of each other and to love each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank y'all. Good job.
Amen. As we prepare our hearts to listen to what God has been preparing us, whether we knew it or not, all week to hear, would you join me in a brief prayer? It is so good to be with you together. And we thank you for this time and the beauty of this day, just to have some quality time with you. So we commit to you the attentiveness of our hearts. We open our minds, we rest our bodies. In spirit, we welcome and invite you to come right now and to speak to us. Because we, your servants, are here to listen. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. The scripture passage we're going to sit in just for a few moments this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews in the 10th chapter, and it starts with the 19th verse. Therefore, My friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is his flesh, and since we have such a great high priest over the house of God, Let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts that are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, For he who has promised is actually faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and to good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see, The day is approaching. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So, I missed y'all last week. I was out of town. My wife, Francesca, and I, we went to Scottsdale, Arizona to have our first vacation since we got hitched to celebrate our two-year wedding anniversary. And it was spectacular. We, we chose the desert, even though we're beach people, um, because it's still like the hottest place in the United States where you can still get a tan right now. And it was phenomenal. Every morning we woke up and it was still cool enough to wear a sweater. And so we got to go hike in the mountains. And then in the afternoon, we got to go and be at the pool. And it was hot enough to swim in the water and relax. And of course, on the evening of our two-year anniversary on Monday, we got to have a delightful, amazing dinner. And it was fantastic. And over the course of the weekend, we found ourselves reminiscing together 
about the good moments, those great days of marriage thus far. And we both agreed unanimously, and it just kind of bubbled up in conversation, that we love being married a whole lot more than being engaged. (laughs) Being engaged is great, right? I mean, you get the ring, and it's exciting, and you post all these great pictures, but being engaged is also kind of stressful. I mean, your whole life becomes consumed and narrowed by this one gauntlet of events. You got to find food. You got to get a quote for the DJ. You have to find a great venue. I mean, it is a series of events. And especially when two families that don't know each other are planning a big event together, it's great. And it's stressful too. And it has worked out and we have loved every second of it. But as is true in life, in every stage of life, and especially when you're trying to get married, there are disappointments, right? I remember we got married in my home church of First Pres St. Pete. And I thought I knew the church really, really well. But they have a lot of rules about what you can and can't do when it comes to getting married. And we had this one song picked out, and they're like, nope, you got to have the organ play. And we're like, okay, that sounds great. But you have these moments, right, where you have an idea of what you want to happen. And then something else happens. And we roll with it. That's life. And disappointments are a part of the journey. It's a part of living with someone and loving someone. It's a part of what makes life interesting. But when you have disappointments in your relationship with God, when disappointments come into the realm of faith, that's a whole other ballgame. And that's exactly what the people are experiencing in the passage that we just heard. So Paul's talking to these newlyweds, if you will, in faith. And they had given their lives to Christ, and it was fantastic. They had never known the kind of love and acceptance that they felt in their church. The things that they saw, the miracles that they had beheld, it was wild. And then things changed. All of a sudden, the press started saying these terrible things and accusing these Christians of doing awful stuff. The community where they served and that they loved started closing their hearts to them. And they didn't want them to come over and help out anymore. Even their own family and their friends started to shun them and call them religious extremists. And it was tough. And naturally, as it always happens when things get hard, people began very kindly, very graciously to turn away. They stopped coming to church. People would text and email and phone call and knock on the door, and it was radio silence. Because for them, they could deal with persecution. They could deal with outsiders thinking that they were weird. But what was hard, what was poisoning their hearts 
in ruining their opportunity to enjoy their new life in Christ was the fact that they were really feeling let down by God himself. And they did not know what to do with it. And so, as is true in many situations of our life, when faith itself becomes a point of pain, we're pain-avoidant creatures. We run from that. That is our instinct. And so that's what people were starting to do. Lord knows we know what it's like to feel disappointed on occasion. I mean, the last two years have been like a cascade of letdowns, one thing after another. Whether it's big stuff like politicians and school boards or your own church that feels like it's let you down. Or maybe it's something closer to home like family. Or someone not calling when they said they would. Or someone just ghosting you when you thought that you had something going. When things just seem off, it's natural to turn away and wonder in the wilderness, what is our new normal going to look like? What will life be on the other side of all of that? And I love how Paul responds to us. Normally, Paul tends to have an anger management problem when churches come to him with their problems. But in this moment, he's like super great and very laid back. And he's talking like an older brother who has been there, who has done that, who understands. And he says, listen, I get it. But here's the thing. Nothing, literally nothing, can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not a crisis, not a diagnosis, not a surgical procedure, not a job that you thought was better and it just turned out to be like your old job. None of that can separate us from the new and living way that Jesus has given us. And he tells us that the reason why this is is because we're different people. Now, something has changed in us that is irreversible. That when the grace of God touches you, turning away doesn't work anymore. It used to. It absolutely does in many situations of our life. But for us, when we stop coming together, when we don't pray, when we don't serve and grow in our faith through Scripture, when we don't care and support each other, Something feels off. It just doesn't feel right. And all before this passage, Paul tells us exactly why that is. Because we are a new creation. The old way of doing things is gone. And there is a new way here. And there is a new ecosystem to our life. What makes us tick and thrive is not the same as before Jesus came into our lives. And so he invites us to stand firm in faith, to come together, to let the healing love of Jesus course through our veins once again. And something changes when that happens. Doesn't mean you just feel good. Doesn't mean that you get a pat on the back and You know, I started my week off right when I came to church. It's way more than that. 
We feel like ourselves. We feel like the people that God is calling us to be. We feel like whatever the veering and weaving, winding road of life, okay, we're going to be okay. Because we have Jesus in our lives. Something I realized when I came here for the first time, which seems like 25 minutes ago, but it was actually nine months ago, was that long before COVID and all of this stuff started calming down and we were wondering about what our new normal is going to look like, Jesus was already busy building that for us. Jesus didn't wait for things to calm down. He has been at work setting the stage for what our next season of life is going to look like. And through His Holy Spirit, the Lord has revealed to us there are four things that He is calling us to deepen our commitment to as a family of faith. And we've talked about them connecting through all the stages of faith and in life and growing in our capacity to share and to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through Paul's words today, he's calling us to something beautiful, caring, partnering with each other and with people in our community to share the love of Jesus through good deeds, as Paul says in Scripture. The only way forward for us to heal from the disappointments that are still a part of the baggage that we can't check at the door is through not talking about the love of God alone, but experiencing it, feeling it, allowing it to come in and change us from the boots up by living it out in the little and large ways that He's given us. I know for me, sometimes when I go to the grocery store, I tend to put my eyes down. I'm an introvert. I like humans, but I'm an introvert. And when I go to the grocery store, a lot of times I don't make eye contact with people because I feel uncomfortable sometimes. But there are moments where I feel the Lord tugging me and just saying, look up. Greet him with a smile. There's not a lot of that going around these days. There are little moments strung throughout our week, this coming week, where you can heal through living the love of Jesus Christ. And this is the journey, this is the new norm that Christ has been laying track for literally for years for us. And all that we have talked about over the last month and a half about retiring this debt is about empowering us, liberating us to deepen our capacity to live out the goodness of God in our community, in this church, and to spread the party all throughout our world. So whatever you've got coming up this week, maybe it's a new job interview, maybe it is a nine to five, and it's going okay. Maybe you've got a list of things that have been piling up and it makes you feel exhausted just thinking about it. Whatever you have in store this week, Paul has got a brotherly word of advice. Let your best self, your new self in Christ, that part that is being transformed and redeemed by the grace and goodness of God, let that shine. 
Let that change you. And stand firm in your faith. And when we do that, that's where disappointments are transformed into means of God's grace. Amen. I invite our dear friend Stephanie Wall to come forward and share a testimony this morning about where God has already been leading in the realm of caring and compassion in our church and where we are excited to deepen our commitments together as a family of faith. Stephanie. Good morning. So I'm Stephanie Wall, as Mike just said, and uh, for those of you who don't know me, I've been, my family and I have been members of this church almost 40 years, which is hard to believe because I think I'm only 40, but um, nonetheless, I've been here a long time, and I come to speak to you today about the grief support ministry, and I've been asked to give you a little bit of history of how we started and where we are today. Actually, some of you may not know that this ministry was started in 1996, shortly after I came on the staff of this church in the role of the Director of Congregational Care. Back then, there was really not much in terms of grief help, and um, in the Memphis area, the only thing that was offered was grief support for those who had lost spouses. And it became abundantly clear to me, days into my new job, that we needed something that would be for those of us who had losses that were not pertaining to spouse loss. So that was an up-and-coming ministry for us back in the late 1990s. As my role here changed multiple times and I moved to full-time youth ministry, the grief support ministry just kind of became dormant. But in 2014, this congregation had some significant losses that really made us think that we really needed to let our grief support ministry have a new birth. And so we started back in the spring of 2014. And when I say we, I work with two other women, Beth Brock and Linda Oaks, and the three of us work together as the grief support ministry team. So we've been doing this ongoing since 2014. We not only meet um, with people who are part of this congregation as members and visitors, but we also are very well known throughout the community. We see people from Mississippi, from Arkansas, and um, really have just become very well known for what we do, which is a unique type of ministry that is ongoing, that offers um, an opportunity to get together in a group setting or in a private counseling session. And it became clear to me as we were going to be delving more into this that I needed to become certified as a grief support counselor and a grief counselor and a grief and bereavement specialist, and that's what I have done and I continue to build relationships with mental health care professionals throughout our community. Um, for you all that are not aware, we do have a, a really good description of what we do on our website. And uh, people come to us through a basic Google search. We are one of the top hits, so to speak, of um, grief support ministry in the area. So we have people from our community that find us through that. We have people who come from word of mouth. And we also have people who come to us from referrals from mental health care professionals that we see in our group in the private settings. We follow the standards that we believe are Christian-based, that we are to grieve with those who are grieving, just as we rejoice with those who rejoice. 
We believe that we are called to be the body of Christ for those who are broken, and so we follow those standards in our group meetings. We offer prayer and support and encouragement. We offer tools for this journey because grief is something that's ongoing and it's very unpredictable. We offer also um, an email because there are people who cannot come. Um, Quite a few people actually live out of state or out of town, and they... They've never been a part of the physical meetings, but they participate online through our our emails. And I've been asked to give some uh, statistics for where we are at this point in time of the number of people we have reached. Currently, we have reached in in excess of 110 individuals, and um, those are people in town, and I said throughout the, the community and really throughout the region. We also have, um, since 2014, I want to give you some just basic statistics, and these kind of are changing all the time. But currently, in terms of relationship losses, one of our unique things is we are a multi-loss group, so we don't just focus on one type of, of relationship loss. Everybody who comes to us is seeing that they are experiencing different losses, but we can come together in Christ because we have the same common bond of loss. So these are our relationship losses that we've, I've had experience with, and um, I think you'll find these interesting. Since 2014, we have um, ministered to over 37 people who have lost spouses, 24 people who have lost children, 11 who have lost siblings, 9 who have lost significant friends, and 29 who have lost parents. And often I get asked, what are the types of things that you have expertise in ministering to with these losses? Is it just one type of loss? Well, here are the types of losses of people that we minister to that they've experienced. Twelve suicide deaths. Two, miscarriage and or stillbirth. Three, accidental deaths. Four, murders. Thirty-three, cancer. 50 general illness, which includes heart attacks, and up till recently is also including COVID-19. We have also ministered to over six people who's experiencing loss of loved ones due to death from overdose or alcohol overdose or abuse. One of the side effects, if you want to call it that, and I guess a benefit of this outreach of ministry is that it also has brought new members to this church. And there are five individuals who have come to this church for grief support ministry, and they have since joined and become part of this church family. It is a vital ministry, and it's one that we really take seriously. It's a gift to me to be able to share myself with people who take really a lot of courage to share themselves and their brokenness, to share their hearts with those of us, and to find healing in their way forward. If you want to ask more about this or find out more questions, you can get our contact information off of the church website. Friends, as you know, we are in a uh, capital campaign and a fundraising campaign this stewardship season called Engaging Our Potential. And what we've been trying to do over the last several weeks is give you a snapshot just give you a glimpse of, of people or a person who is touched by your investment in them through what you give. You give not to 
keep the lights on and support the buildings. That's a byproduct. You give and you invest in people always. It's always the people that Christ is trying to reach. And so we wanted to give you the words from someone who has actually been touched very much by the grief support ministry. And I invited uh, Amy and Mike Feehan to be here, and uh, they could not be here this morning. They're not feeling well. But Amy gave me permission to use uh, their names and to use these words um, that they wanted to express to you themselves. And so I'm going to read portions uh, of her words for you this morning. Pastor Jones, we are not members of your church, but live in the Germantown community. Your grief ministry is like no other in our city, and we know firsthand. We were literally thrown into the depths of grief, grief in 2017, and after trying many different grief groups, specialized counselors and therapists, we found Stephanie Wall through the referral of two of your members. Your grief ministry is a gift. I know we're not alone in describing it that way. The grief team's work is sacrificial, wise, unique. Their work is based on understanding, love, acceptance, and the gospel. An intentional combination we have not found anywhere else. I can say without this ministry, our lives today would be very different. They have invested in us like Jesus tells us to do as Christians. They listen. They make connections. We are unable to see through our tears and grief and confusion. They weave hope through Jesus and the assurance of his promises and character. Stephanie helps us center our truths, center on our truths and not our circumstances. And when we ask, where are you, God? We remember that he is visible through the hands and feet and voices of his followers. Our beloved son took his life in October 2017, and we were not aware that this was even on his radar. Our family as a whole and as individuals were crushed with no warning. We struggled to survive, to get up in the morning, to do even basics in our daily lives. Suicide was not something we even thought about other than a feeling of a removed sadness when we heard about such tragedies. Like many, we can't like many, we just didn't think it applied to us, certainly not for our wonderful son who seemed to be at the height of his young life with school, friends, work, family, hobbies, and athletics. It was and still is in- inconceivable, and we are left with questions that will not be answered on this earth. Guilt because we didn't see the pain. Shame as parents that we couldn't save him. And our daughter was left without a sibling. Suddenly everything we knew in life was at risk. In our first grief group at your church, we came in without much hope for anything different. We heard stories of those who lost children, siblings, parents, spouses, all different types of grief. And there was no judgment, no comparisons, no formula for just getting over our loss. Just diverse people with a wise leader, sharing, praying, and caring. And each group, each group session provided actionable steps for self-care, understanding, and processing. Beyond this group, we have worked one-on-one with Stephanie since the death of our son. Our work with Stephanie has been life-giving. She has led us through materials on suicide, grief. She has supported us with discovering areas that we didn't even know we needed at the beginning. Grief has so many tentacles that literally attacks, affects everything in our lives, from our identity, our marriage, our role as parents, our faith, 
She prays for us, listens patiently, reminds us of our truths, and helps us reframe and remember that God not only loves us, but that he has Michael. We will be reunited one day. There is such joy in these basics. But people in grief can't always find those on their own. It takes a long time for the head to work in sync with the heart. We thank you, your ministry team, and Stephanie for the gift of time, wisdom, and care. During such a heavy and trying environment in our community and our country, your approach is needed more than ever. With sincere thanks, Mike and Amy Feehan. Friends, when you join all of us together, when we join together to engage our potential as a church, we recognize that that yes, we are offering ministry to every person who calls this a church home, but even more than that, we are reaching out to our community. If you want to know where your offering goes and what it does for people, then hear this testimony and hear so many more testimonies like it. Look at the other programs of the church that we do. You will find your investment in people producing fruit, as Jesus said, 30, 60, and 100-fold. And so I invite you as you consider what you might be able to give in this Engaging Our Potential campaign, I invite you to find materials at the door of the church as you leave this afternoon. You'll see this pamphlet, Engaging Our Potential. You can take this and you can see more about the campaign that's in there. And there are at the table pledge cards as well. And you should have received a pledge card tucked inside the prayer guide that you received uh, just a few weeks ago. If you didn't see it in there, um, it, it may still be in there tucked away, but you can certainly pick up one of these at the door as you leave today in prayerful anticipation of our Commitment Sunday next Sunday. I am so grateful uh, for this ministry, and we realize at this time in our church's life that we have a un- it's a very unique ministry, and it's, an, it's one of the larger outreach ministries now of our congregation to the community. And so Stephanie will be uh, reemerging as a part-time member of our staff starting in January to specialize in grief ministry and to help us expand this program that God has given us and cause such growth by the Holy Spirit that we believe God is leading us in this direction. And so we're grateful for this opportunity and for Stephanie, as well as Linda and Beth and all others who help to support this ministry. So please consider prayerfully what you might do to support this campaign and to engage our potential. Don't forget also that we're going to have a wonderful all-day 12-hour prayer vigil next Friday. There's a link that's been out um, on social, on Sign Up Genius that you can find in an email or you can call the church office. You can sign up yourself. You can pray at home um, for a 30-minute window next Friday. We would love for everybody to be praying for our church and to be lifting up this campaign and lifting up our church in all of the ways in which we will serve God in this place, not just for the next year or two or three, but we pray for the next generation. Thank you for helping us all engage our potential. Friends, now invite you to stand as we affirm our faith together using these timeless words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we have been blessed this morning to hear God's word read and proclaimed to us. We have heard of the ministry, the grief ministry, and we're so grateful for that ministry. We've stood together and affirmed our faith, and now we're blessed yet again to come before God and to offer our prayers for one another, for our community of faith, and for the world. So invite us now to turn our hearts and our minds to Almighty God. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love. Send us power. Send us grace. Creator God of all that is seen and unseen, center us now and still us in this moment as we come before you in prayer. We give you thanks and praise for this beautiful fall day, and we bring to you our concerns with confidence that you listen, that you hear us, and that you respond to us. And so we lift our prayers before you for all of those who are sick this day, those who are sick at home or sick in hospitals with this coronavirus and other maladies here in our community and around the world. We pray, Almighty God, for your wisdom and your guidance as we continue to try to make the very best decisions that we can for ourselves and our families, our community, and for our congregation. And so we pray before you, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for those who are in need of a cup of cool water to drink, of a good and nourishing meal to eat, those who need safe shelter today. Those who are in the pathways of storms across this country and around the world, storms of nature and storms in their lives, storms of addiction and grief and loneliness and anxiety and depression and other mental illnesses. We pray that you will hear their needs, Almighty God, and that you will respond so that their healing may begin today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God of justice and peace, we pray for justice seekers, for prophets, for policymakers, for caregivers and advocates. You stand beside us so that we are enabled to stand beside others. 
You care for us and love us so that we can care for and love one another. May we always follow in your footsteps, Lord Jesus, and be your hands and your feet and your voice and your presence for those in need of hearing about your love and compassion for all people. We pray for those in positions of leadership, in churches, in schools, in government, in community, in businesses. May each one of us come before you with humility, with each rising sun, before each word and action that is ours, and with the rising of the moon, seeking your goodness and your wisdom and your love, so that through us and leaders everywhere, only your will is done. Help us to always bear your witness to your love for all people and recommit ourselves to taking the lead in transforming our community into a place where everyone may know your justice and righteousness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And holy God of healing, we have those in our own lives and in our community of faith, and we want to pray for them now using their first names. And so we lift their names before you out loud. Holy God, we have named a few, but there are so many more names that are within our hearts. And we know that you hear us and that you hear the needs of your people. And so we ask that your tender mercies and your healing would be with each one. That you would meet their needs for this day. And hear us now as we come with both boldness and humility joining all of our voices into one voice and praying the very prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us nuts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we know that all that we have and all that we are are gifts to us from Almighty God. So let us now, with great joy and generosity, return to God portions of what we have received so generously from God. If you're worshiping with us online, I invite you to go to the giving tab on our website, and there you can find multiple ways to participate in the work of this church called into being by Christ our Lord. And if you're here with us in the sanctuary, I invite the ushers to now come.
Let us pray. 
Almighty God, please receive these gifts that we give from grateful hearts. Lord, we are, all, we are grateful for all of the manifestations of your grace in our lives and in our world. And so with the blessings by which you have blessed us so abundantly, we now seek to bless those around us, some in our own church family and so many outside this body. And so we pray, O oh God, that you would use these gifts, that you would indeed build up your kingdom through them. And we are grateful again for all of your love through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.
Now go. May the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest in and abide with each of you now and forever. Amen. Have a great week. Take care.